ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Ash. Just past 444, if you have been hurt in a car, it's time to call William Matar. At 444-4444. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Warm up this joint. Throws right, wide open, Barkley, touchdown. No, Dopey, you hit the wrong button. This is the button. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you, so are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Such a good intro, too. Right on, hit the post, and I hit the wrong button. Exactly. Here to comment on that is uh, ESPN's Stephen A. Smith. I'm serious! Whoa, I wonder if Pat Narduzzi's serious about this, Stephen A. So Pat Narduzzi did a uh, interview today in 93.7 The Fan with our friend uh, Andrew Filipponi, Syracuse native and terrific radio talk show host in the Pittsburgh area. And he said during that interview, let me just read you this tweet from our friend Pony. Pithead coach Pat Narduzzi says on 93.7 The Fan that he's heard two schools offered North Carolina quarterback Drake May $5 million to transfer. Won't say who, but he knows who. Wow. Says it's gotten out of control and it's only going to get worse. Quote, it's a sad, sad deal. Okay. Now, I'm not here to tell you that that's a good thing, that this is happening in the world of college football. But uh, how much does Pat Narduzzi make? Is he just jealous that uh, a quarterback might make as much money as he would in a year? Uh, Second of all, in the realm of the terrific Ron Burgundy meme, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I think this is rumor. I think this is just something. It's an old fish tale that gets bigger every time it's told. There's certainly money being offered out there. There's certainly a ton of money out there. This is basically what used to happen behind the scenes now out in front of everybody. But you know what? If somebody's really breaking the rules, if they're really tampering, if it's then, then just name names, okay? None of this ass what I'm hearing. It's going on out there. Just, you know what? Just name names. And clean this up and let's figure it out, right? If somebody's tampering, if somebody's breaking the rules, report it. Just this all, ah, you know, that Drake May guy got offered $5 million. Which, by the way, Drake May is going to be the number one pick in the 2024 NFL draft. And somebody, like, it might be saying, is that it? Like, if they can bring in Drake May and elevate themselves to a national championship contender or upgrade at that position, it's probably worth it to them, Right. Drake may making five million in what is often billion dollar enterprises. Like that's just a drop in the bucket. It's a sad, sad thing. It is really, it's a sad, sad thing that Drake may, who is going to be worth, you know, $5 million. The second he signs his name to an NFL draft contract, even more than that, frankly, it's like the signing bonus for somebody like Drake may I get where Pat Narduzzi is coming from. 
and this is where we're at, and this is what players are going for. And I'm going to get into this in recruiting and what's going on with Lenora Sellers in Syracuse. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have the answers. I just know something weird's going on in this situation because there's a lot of stuff going down there that that's odd, that's kind of off the beaten trail, even in the world of college sports where the beaten trail uh, no longer exists. We're all we're blazing a lot of new trails in college sports. But I listen. That's hot. I get where Narduzzi's coming from, but this is would it stun me if Drake May's really getting five million dollar offers to transfer out of North Carolina? No, but I'm just kind of at the point where it's like, you know what? Let, let's start naming names. Let's start. You know, don't give me. Ah, well, this is what I'm hearing. No, let's put it out there. So you really want to clean this up if you really think it's that bad. And I'm not here to t- to disagree with a lot of that. But I will always stand by these student athletes getting what I feel they deserve in the name, image, and likeness era, in the transfer portal era, given the money that's been just built off them for decades. They're finally getting it back, and the people in power that make that kind of money, if not more, per year are just not happy that the Apple cart's been turned over. Elsewhere in the world of that's hot football, here's how it would stand today if the playoffs started today in the National Football League, which, of course, they don't, but if they did. In the AFC, the first-round bye would go to your Buffalo Bills. The opening matchups would be the 7th-seed Dolphins at the number 2 Chiefs, 6th-seed Chargers at the 3-seed Bengals, and the 5th-seed Ravens at the 4-seed Titans. In the NFC, the Eagles would get the first-round bye. Remember, only one team gets a first-round bye now, the top seed. 7th-seeded Commanders at the 2nd-seed Vikings, number 6-seed Giants at the number 3-seed Niners, and the 5th-seed Cowboys at number 4, Tampa Bay. Now, which one of these things is not like the other? That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And even if it's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're talking about Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta, who all still technically have a shot at winning the NFC South. All those teams are 5-9. and nine. Now, the example you go to here is the 2010 Seattle Seahawks. Won the NFC West at 7-9. and nine. By the way, they won a playoff game. So we're circling back on this whole, should you make the playoffs because you win the division argument? Should we keep sub-500 teams, or some would even say 500 teams, which, you know, you can't do now with the 17-game schedule anyway. But should they keep sub-500 teams out of the postseason? I get why people would say this, but my answer is no, because it's rare. You cannot let an anomaly rule the day. If this becomes a theme, if this becomes consistent, if this is an issue that has to be addressed, I see it. Yeah, they got the four seed. No one believes they're a four seed. You watch Tampa Bay. You watch those teams. No matter who gets it, if anything, it's going to make for a very interesting betting matchup because they're not a four seed, and they'd be playing the Cowboys at this point, who are the fifth seed. Even though the Cowboys are a lower seed, we all know who the better team is, and the Cowboys haven't exactly been killing it lately. The answer is no. If it keeps up, though, with the 17-game schedule and this becomes consistent, then I think we re-examine that. Right, because remember, Seattle at seven and nine didn't deserve to be there. Won a playoff game. 
That's the National Football League. That's hot. This is what they want. They want parity. They don't want that kind of parity in the NFC South where everybody is 6-8 and eight or worse, but that still is more rare than it is consistent. If he comes consistent, then maybe we got to look at that and, you know, draw the line somewhere. But when you got seven playoff teams, the NFL did this to itself. You can't all of a sudden be turning around and saying, well, if you're below 500, you can't make the playoffs. Well, then don't have that many playoff teams on each side of the ledger, and maybe this wouldn't be an issue. Now, to the world of golf here, if you didn't see this today, six past Masters champions will be part of the Masters this year that went to live golf. It's interesting to see how the Masters has approached this. Now, remember, the Masters is its own thing. The PGA Tour basically steps aside and says, okay, you guys got this, and they're just thankful to have any sort of association with it whatsoever, right? People were wondering what Augusta was going to do. And my answer was, Augusta is going to do which will draw the highest ratings, and that is include Phil Mickelson, include Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, and Charles Schwartzel, all who went to live golf, right? Because the Masters, as much as they want to stand for the integrity of the sport and all these things they stand for, you keep those guys out of the Masters, the ratings aren't going to be what they are. That's not even a CBS thing. Remember, the Masters controls everything. CBS, the PGA Tour, everybody just got this. Okay, you guys got this for the week. Here's the statement, though, that came from Augusta Chairman Fred Ridley. Quote, regrettably, Recent actions have divided men's professional golf by diminishing the virtues of the game and the meaningful legacies of those who built it. Although we are disappointed in these developments, our focus is to honor the tradition of bringing together a preeminent field of golfers this coming April. Therefore, as invitations are sent this week, we will invite those eligible under our current criteria to compete in the 2023 Masters Tournament. As we have said in the past, We look at every aspect of the tournament each year and any modifications or changes to invitation criteria for future tournaments will be announced in April. In other words, we can change our mind. Now, you got to keep in mind here that the Masters is masterful in avoiding controversy, in avoiding, you know, they get called out for, let's say, not having women as members. Remember the whole Martha Burke thing? Right. And we're going to protest this and we're going to do that. And the master's response to that was, oh, you're going to protest our sponsors. Okay, we won't have any sponsors. And they went commercial free for the broadcast. By the way, the fact that I'm two minutes into this and it took me this long to pull up the music, that that's on me. It's bad job out of me. Hit the wrong button to start the segment and hit the master's theme in time. Whew, bad job out of me there. Bad job. But hello, friends. Yes, as we were talking about this. But the master's is going to do what the master's is going to do. If the master's wanted to take a stand and say, look, we don't appreciate what these guys did dividing the golf world, you're out. You don't get to come. We don't care that you won this thing before. But what's more important to the master's? the masters it's all that matters to them they don't care they can say they care they can say the game is fractured and all these things but what they care about is putting on the best tournament for seven days in april with the biggest names possible that's what they care about and that's what that statement's all about i just like how they worded that though we could change your mind here 
Okay, things could come April and be like, yeah, you guys can't come in. Hello, friends. You will return after this. Look at Ray's Creek. This is nice to play this, knowing there's like a once-in-a-generation winter storm heading our, our way in a couple days, right? This makes you think of the spring and green and gold and warmer times to come. This is On the Block on ESPN Radio. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com, presented by Burdick BMW. A shout-out to our friend uh, Maddie in the Q Sports Talk chat. Alerted this to us. Uh, Adam Weissman putting on his uh, Instagram story, as one would do here in 2022, that uh, looks like we could have some. Uh, let's put it to you this way. The bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your hands Special last minute guests coming to the dome tonight to support the Orange. Need a big win. There's a Buffalo Bills logo in this story. Come on, come on. Oh, boy, who are we talking about here, friends? We're going to be there. Yeah. Shall see. Watch courtside right behind uh, Jim Beheim in the Adam Weitzman Spike Lee seats. Don't forget, I'll be uh, hanging out with you, or maybe I'm telling you this. Either way, Uncle Brent, back tonight, 8 o'clock, Syracuse Pitt pregame. Get you ready for that 9 o'clock tip time between the Orange and the Panthers at the JMA Wireless Dome. Earlier today, the Syracuse women's team took care of Albany. We'll talk to Felicia Legat-Jack about that coming up in about five minutes. Looking forward to our weekly check-in with the head coach. Let me just put this out there, though. I don't like to just toss things out I don't have the answers to, but uh, in the world of recruiting, in the world of college sports, sometimes that's kind of what you're left with. Okay. What's going on with Lenora Sellers? Now, Mike McAllister will join us on signing day tomorrow. Dino Babers has a press conference at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Perhaps we'll get some more answers to this. But Sellers, first of all, said he's going to send in his papers tomorrow but not announce where he's going till Friday. That's weird. That's certainly his his prerogative if he wants to kind of have his own day on Friday. But to make everybody wait around for a couple of days, let's just say it's odd at best. Okay. Sellers putting out there last night. Now, kids typically do this. When you get an offer, you put it on social media, blessed to get an offer from fill-in-the-blank, right? Georgia Tech is in on the mix now. We've heard that South Carolina is coming hard at Lenora Sellers here. What this is is atypical behavior for somebody who is going to remain committed, in this case to Syracuse, but any school. Now, this shouldn't stun anybody. As we always say in in recruiting, as Mike McAllister reminds us time after time after time, you never know until they put their signature on that commitment. 
right? Right up until the last minute, right up until they announce. You just don't know. Teams can swoop in. You're talking with 17-year-old kids that can change their mind on a whim like that. So in that part of the conversation, I'm not surprised here. But, man, Sellers still pinned on his Twitter feed right now is his March 6th commitment to Syracuse. Jason Beck and Robert and I, but mostly Jason Beck, have been in on Sellers even at their time in Virginia. Got in on Sellers early, stuck with Sellers when he got, remember, he got injured. He had a a bad injury in his junior year, which caused maybe some teams to back off or maybe not even look at him that normally would. Jason Beck stuck with him there. Jason Beck got him to come to Syracuse, and now here we are before we land the plane, and there's some things out there that make me think he may not commit. Let me stress that. May not. Okay? We'll see. And I want to say tomorrow, but again, he's doing his own thing. Now, think about that. You commit. You're already committed to Syracuse. We think you're coming to Syracuse, so why have a different event? If you're just going to go, I'm asking these things rhetorically. Why would you have a different event? If you're committed to Syracuse, why would you have some sort of announcement when we already know who you're committed to, as opposed to just formally committing? And then a lot of kids still have the press conference to do the thing and have their day. Right. And remember, it's only a verbal commitment. It doesn't mean bupkis. Verbal commitments are there. They are what they are until they sign on the dotted line and officially commit and send in that paperwork. It doesn't mean anything. But that's what college coaches have to deal with. Now throw in name, image, and likeness. Now throw in dirty recruiting. And look, South Carolina to me, I find it awful, um, how can I put this, curious, that you had this talent in your state and they didn't get in on him until a month ago. It appears to me that Shane Beamer was pretty much shamed by his fan base. And a lot of that's out there. You can look at South Carolina Twitter, message boards, fans, and you can backtrack and digitally trace this stuff and see fans basically saying, why aren't you recruiting this kid? He's right in your state, right? And about a month ago, in change, South Carolina starts coming hard. Now, is South Carolina coming hard to save face? Is South Carolina basically just trying to get a win here? Or do they actually think he could be their quarterback of the future? By the way, South Carolina's offensive coordinator, I wouldn't Jason Beck is a first time offensive coordinator at high he's been one before, but not at, you know, at a power five school. You consider what South Carolina can offer. I mean, they're SEC and you can, you know, close to home and there are advantages there. Don't get me wrong. But for them to, it kind of reminds me like, what about Bob? You know, the Gutmans, remember the Gutmans from What About Bob? And he swooped in with his bag full of money. He stole our dream house, right? The Gutmans spent all their life working at that diner, and that's their dream house. And then Dr. Leo Marvin just sweeps in and takes it from him. Syracuse, particularly Jason Beck, has put in all this time, stuck by this kid, and now South Carolina or Georgia, whoever, the Georgia Texan, Liberty put in an offer late. Remember, they just changed coaches, and you might lose them. And Syracuse didn't go in on any other quarterbacks. Now, remember, this is early signing day. 
which has essentially become signing day. But if you've got to start all over again for a quarterback in the class of 2023, honestly, it's not the worst thing in the world. You have Garrett Schrader another year. You've got Carlos Del Rio Wilson another three years, in theory, if he doesn't transfer again. Justin Lampson comes back from injury. Like, Syracuse has a quarterback room that's okay. But to have a high-level talent like that from a rich recruiting area, if it happens, just renege on this whole thing tomorrow, Friday, whenever it is, that that would be a gut punch. And it just kind of shows you that look, the Pat Narduzzi thing I was talking about earlier about guys throwing $5 million at Drake May, and it's just... College sports, baby. Never a dull day. I will I will leave it at that. So I didn't want to get into that too much because a lot of it's speculation, but there's a lot of things you can look at that are out there that are curious, and I'll just leave it at that. Mike McAllister will join us tomorrow. Maybe we'll have more answers on this by then. Let's break, and then when we return, uh, we'll talk with Syracuse women's basketball head coach Felicia Leggett-Jack, who Put in some work earlier at the Dome today. They've got a win in the books earlier this morning at the Dome. They heard right here on ESPN Syracuse. We'll talk to the coach about it coming up. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Adams. Oh, you know it. Welcome back. Block ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com, presented by Burdick BMW. Our friend Matt going to step in here shortly, take us on the blind side. Get you a little remedy here. He's ready to rock. He's here. He's got five questions. We don't know what they are. That's why we call it this. It's time. For the blind side. Let me fire one ready, Captain. Yeah, we made it on time, by the Did way. Did it. Was in here all, all break long. That was fun. We thought we didn't have Felicia. Then we did have Felicia. Live well, radio, folks. It was exciting. And I don't know how to communicate with you or Brian or I don't really, or Steve or Polly effectively from the Megadesk. So it was a scramble in my brain to be like, how do I tell Brent? That we have Felicia without interrupting him. And this sounds more complicated than it should be. But in yeah, my mind, it is. So we have like screens here that the guys write notes mm-hmm. to me on, but like instant communication is tough. It's, it's not the easiest thing because they've got to run from the mega desk over here to the studio. Right. But Jordan pulled it off. Jordan's gotten very good at the, he's very good at charades in the window. <laughs> he knows how to signal to me. That one took me a minute. Yeah. I, yeah. I got that one after a second. I kind of figured it out. But we should have a window cam. We've got the camera in here that shows the studio. Right. We should have a window cam from when Jordan comes over and does charades to tell me well, what's going on. All right, first question. Will Jalen Hurts play another game this regular season? Yes, absolutely. Will it be against the Cowboys is the question. Because they have to win one of their last two to get the top seed. But they're, they're already two games up. They are. And the last game's against, what, the but, Giants? The way they're talking, I could play this He's week. He's not playing this week. I don't this think is so. charades. But this is not a serious, like he's out for a month type of thing. It's just basically, it sounds like a pain tolerance thing. But if I'm the Eagles, I, I do not put him on the field this week. I feel like I can beat the Dallas Cowboys with Gardner Minshew, then see where he's at. And if I have to put him back on the field, I do that. 
Well, week 17, you got the Saints, who are 5-9, and nine, and week 18, you have the Giants. In theory, you would rest him against the Saints, too, because you could beat that team, but you might need him for that Giants game. Yeah, which maybe you play Top seed's important. Only one yeah. team gets a bye now. But do you expect Minnesota to win out? I guess is the other question. Because I don't think they do, and in that case, you could lose all your games and still be fine. There you go. That's the beauty of it. There um, you go. Let's get to the Garden. How about that? The Knicks' seven-game winning streak. Sitting sixth place. How about place, that? Game and a half up on the play-in tournament. Do they stay in the top six by the end of the year? That's a heck of a question. Miami, I think, sits in seven. They're a game and a half ahead of them. I'm going to say no because the Knicks typically fade when it matters here. But good on them that they've won seven in a row. Golden State next, if I'm not oh, mistaken, right? Night, 730. Here we go. Another team? I got to tell, I got to be honest with you. I have not watched a lot of the Knicks this year. So to hear that they've won seven in a row, no Steph tonight, as uh, Jordan's telling me here on the screen, could be eight in a row in that case. The Knicks can have nice things, apparently. Yeah, Jalen. The stuff. Rangers just uh, went on a, a nice little streak, which didn't really make a dent there. Devils are coming back down to earth here. Yeah. So leads me to my next question. The there Rangers didn't also even know that. the seven-game winning streak. That's right. This is the the first time that both teams have been on a seven-game win streak in the history of the two franchises. Pretty exciting nugget. Is it really? Yeah. They've had they had uh, adjacent six-game winning streak, never seven. Wow. Which team loses first? So the Penguins play the Rangers tonight, and then the Knicks play the Golden State tonight. So you can say maybe they lose the game tonight, or who, who eventually this? loses? Both. They, lose, they both lose tonight. Yeah. So that by that logic, the Rangers lose first because they start a half hour earlier. If you're, te- if you're saying technically time-wise yes. who loses first, it would be the Rangers. But I think they both lose tonight. Streak ends. There you go. There it is. How painful is Thursday night going to be for, for me and other Jets fans with Zach Wilson? Oh, uh, <laughs> how, how painful is it? How bad? Who are the Jets playing? The Jaguars. Jets, Jaguars? That's, so your, that's, watch that's our Lawrence. Thursday night yeah. special while we wait for the storm of the century to approach, apparently. Zach Wilson, short week. Look, Robert Sala was the bigger problem Sunday. Not Zach Wilson did enough. Zach Wilson got you to where he, he needed to go. Had a chance to win. And then your coach botched it because apparently he thinks timeouts carry over like vacation days to the next game. No, coach, you got to use those things. Put yourself in a better position there. Zach Wilson made a hell of a throw at the end of that game. I'm not, trust me, I, I'm out on Zach Wilson. But I think you're fine. Now, Jacksonville's got a lot of momentum coming off that win over the Cowboys. But that was an exhaust. Listen, game. listen, here's the thing. This actually might be a good game. This actually might be a good game. Jags are feeling it. The Jets, it was more clock mismanagement than anything. They played well enough to beat Detroit. Factor in the usual short week Thursday night thing. This actually might be a good game. Like, if you had told me a month ago Jets-Jaguars was a Thursday night game, I would run in the other direction. This is actually somewhat of an intriguing game. Well, the pain is the, is the losing more than the, the outcome of the game. For, for me, at least. And if Zach Wilson comes back down to earth. I just, he can't make... He can make the crazy throws. He just can't throw. Like, For every see, good throw he makes, mm-hmm. he makes eight you crappy see the, the, ones. The Barrios yeah. play. He had to throw the ball on like a screen pass to Braxton Barrios. It was like six yards, and he could not hit him. He look, threw it to his feet. It was, oh. I would look on the, the bright side of this. It's not going to be as painful a Jets-Jaguars game as one <laughs> yeah, would yeah. think, right? Yeah. 
When you looked at that at the beginning of the year, you're like, oh my God. Well, I was like, oh man, we can, we can win this game. We got there. There's a win. We might hit six. Amazon would lose subscriptions over that game. Now it's like, okay, I'll check that out. Uh, last one. Rank these Christmas things. Ooh, okay. Christmas cookies. Cookies. Christmas movies. And okay. Christmas music. Uh, unequivocally, cookies are number one because of all the varieties of delicious cookies I get to eat. I would go music two. Movies three, Not because I can movie, eat yeah. cookies while watching movies, and I can eat cookies while listening to music. But movies, it, like you kind of have to be invested in. It. Like you can have a Christmas movie on in the background while you do some other stuff, but like you want when Elf's on, you want to be in. When Vacation, uh, Christmas Vacation's on, you want to be in, right? Whereas with the cookies and the music, like. Those are more satisfying things. I'll throw one more out there, too. Okay. Uh, what about Lights on the Lake? Where does that rank? 1A, obviously. Lightsonthelake.com. Carlo, just 10 bucks Monday through Thursday, 20 bucks on the weekend. Get a $10 gift card for a Delta Sonic car wash. Lightsonthelake.com. That's the blind side. We'll wrap it up next. Stay right there.